I'm James Jacobson in Maui, Hawaii. And I'm Pamela Lawrence in San Francisco, California. And I'm Caroline Winter in Adelaide, Australia. Welcome to Dog Edition, the first show designed for you to listen to while you walk your dogs. Coming up, Dogs on Deployment, a very special organization that finds temporary placement for the dogs of military members on deployment. It's part of our Dog Days of Summer season. And putting smiles on faces around the world. How a border collie riding in a car through a COVID testing station started an Instagram sensation and lifted the spirits of those on the front line. So if you love dogs as much as we do, pause what you're doing, leash up your pup, and let's take a walk. We've got a lot to talk about on today's episode of Dog Edition. Hey Pepper, want to go for a walk? So I was on Twitter uh, this past week and uh, came across a really interesting account I wanted to tell you guys about. You've heard of PetFinder. It's the service that matches shelter dogs with people looking to adopt uh, a pet or a dog. Great organization. Yeah. And uh, so on Twitter, there's an account called PetFinder Names because oftentimes I think shelters name a dog because they assume that the dog's going to be renamed so they can come up with some clever clever dog names, like, uh, for instance, Lawnmower. (laughs) Are you for real? Yeah. Names that you would never use. They're just placeholder names. (laughs) Exactly. Placeholder names. That's the perfect word for it. Yes. And so Petfinder Names sort of aggregates all of these uh, silly names, and you can go on their account and and see names like, you know, Plague for a Chihuahua. (laughs) I love it. Is it like a Ipsum Lorem? This is like Ipsum Lorem in graphics. You just put some text in. Exactly. Exactly. But I'm actually always just sort of curious how how you came up with Kanga and Rue, because I always think of, um, you know, I think of Winnie the Pooh. Well, basically, I was anticipating years ago Caroline's <laughs> involvement with an unnamed network. I had thought that was it the was, case. It was all to woo Caroline. <laughs> uh, the The story behind Kanga and Rue is pretty simple. I did like Winnie the Pooh, and I did like the Tao of Pooh, and so and I had in my mind that maybe someday there'd be two dogs, and uh, I wanted a, a very tough girl name, and I thought Kanga was really good, so. We named Kanga Kanga. And then uh, about a year later, when we adopted another Maltese, whose name was Tinkerbell, probably a <laughs> placeholder. You can hear her barking. She's like, oh, what is that? Probably a placeholder name. When we adopted Tinkerbell, I was like, this is not going to work. I'm not going to go on the walking on the beach saying Tinkerbell. So we gently named her Rue, which is a funny story because we had a pet psychic who ended up saying that, she likes her new name, even though we didn't tell her her new name. And Kanga had told her that she likes her new name. Anyway, it's a long story. We'll get into some other, not here. <laughs> so anyway, that's the story of Kanga and Rue. Look, for me, I, naming a dog is almost, well, as important, I think, as naming a baby. And I took it super seriously when we got Harvey. I had so many questions and I went on a few vet pages about what names are appropriate for dogs. I was wondering, will he suit his name? Will I be okay yelling his name at the dog park? More importantly, will my husband be okay yelling his name at the dog park? (laughs) And let's say like plague or or lawnmower is not going to cut it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) But it, it has got me thinking and I wonder what rights you have as an owner if you name the dog. I mean, I named Harvey. Do I have 
some extra rights that my husband doesn't have. And what happens if you and your partner split and one person is fighting for custody of the dog? Can the fact that you named it be used to support your argument (laughs) in a legal dispute? I had naming rights, so it's my dog more than yours. (laughs) I'm going with yes on that one. But it's actually a really interesting question because I think, I know in most places, dogs or pets are kind of considered property, right? I hate even saying that, but that's what Mm. they're considered. Sure. And when breakups get messy and you know end up in court, the judge is the one that makes the decision on who gets the dog. And I think they base it on things like receipts showing who bought the dog or, you know, who paid for the food and the toys and all the vet visits and things like that. And well, in some cases, the decision can even hinge on who has the nicer home. Like, is there even a yard for the dog? So stuff like that. Mm. It's interesting. It's so unfortunate that they are considered property. And I've even heard some horror stories of couples who split up and who are basically trying to hurt each other, doing those things that happen in divorce and split up by using the dogs as as ammunition. Sometimes even when one partner doesn't like the dog that much, but then they will fight to keep it just to spite the other <laughs> person. Me. You know, it's my That's dog. Nasty. Yeah. In the middle of it, of course, are these attorneys who are probably very happy with all the extra fees that they're running up to, on these people <laughs> who are fighting over Rover, probably not a name <laughs> they found on Petfinder. Um, but these attorneys are maybe preempted if people do a prenup or a petting up and they're becoming a thing so that we don't get caught up into the middle of this ugly argument if the marriage or the relationship doesn't work out. I'm hearing a lot more about petting ups. I think it's actually a good way to go. It's a tough conversation to have, but isn't aren't all of these conversations tough ones to have? It's like a prenup. Yeah. It I mean is. it's you either do it and or you don't do it and one in two relationships ending in divorce, it's not the worst idea. Absolutely. And it, and it's one less emotional decision that couples need to make if they do break mm-hmm. up. Here in Australia, and it's like the same in other countries like Canada and some states in the US, the courts have their hands tied really in how they deal with pets during a split. So effectively, as Pam says, your dog is personal property and treated like other things like furniture or clothing or computers. Oh. I know, which is just picky. So icky. Those laws, though, are starting to change in some places. So already in Alaska and California and Illinois, they're among states in the US that have brought in laws giving judges some leeway to prioritise a pet's well-being during a divorce. Ah, and you know, it's there. Those are not the only states. New York, I heard, is the latest where dogs could soon have the same legal rights in divorce court as children. Wow. Uh, so there's. I know, right? That's a big deal. There's a divorce bill that if Governor Andrew Cuomo signs will mean the judge will have to consider, have to consider the best interest of a pet before awarding custody, much like, you know, that's used in uh, child custody disputes. So that's good. They will have to by law. That, that'll that be the judge has to decide that is like the way he Let's get him to sign decides it. who gets the kids <laughs> and how they split them up. I think that's pretty awesome for the pets involved <laughs> and pretty smart for, for all of us. Yes. I think he listens to Dog Edition. I'm sure he does. Andrew? <laughs> if you're listening. Well, we'll wait and find out. <laughs> Stay tuned. We'll be right back. You're listening to Dog Edition. And now a message from your dog. Every day with you is like a day at the beach, and I want as many beach days as possible. I want to run and sniff and find a good stick to carry. 
I want to walk with you, run with you, sleep with you, eat with you. And when I eat with you, I want Everpup. It infuses any food you give me with health and life and vibrancy. I can feel it. It's a strange thing to do, sprinkle this powder on my food, but I wouldn't have it any other way. My time with you is precious and irreplaceable, and I'm thrilled to be with you for as long as possible. Here's to puppy playtime and senior snoozes. <laughs> no matter how old I get, I want my ever pup. It just makes me feel good in this life and the next and the next and the next. I am so grateful to be your dog and for the ever pup you give me. So now that you know what your dog wants, get Everpup, the ultimate dog supplement. Everpup is available in select pet shops and on Amazon. But to get the best price possible, join the Everpup Club at everpupclub.com, where you'll get your first jar for just $8 with free shipping anywhere in the U.S. Go to everpupclub.com and use the discount code DPN. That is everpupclub.com. Everpup every day. Welcome back to Dog Edition. Jim, have you seen any of those reunion videos where a military member comes home after a long deployment to a very happy pup? I have, and those are so cool. They're all over the internet, all over YouTube. Yeah. And it's sort of like, you know, you you, you get both a swelling of patriotism and and also that, that bond that you can feel between, you know, the returning service member and, and the loyalty the dog has. And then I kind of what goes into my head is the fear that perhaps the dog had or maybe the soldier had that they may never see each other again. So, yeah, those reunion videos are awesome. You can just binge watch them forever. (laughs) Yeah. I think there are some compilations, too, of, you know, a whole bunch of them put together. It's great. Uh, Here's one I found from CBS 8 San Diego. Hi, Mama. That is the first time they've seen each other. Oh, well, Dixie was deployed. San Diego-based nonprofit Dogs on Deployment stepped in. We're enjoying watching it. Yes, we are. (laughs) Elisa Johnson, a former Marine, knows firsthand that thrill. You know, when you're a service member coming home to that dog and they love you unconditionally and they're always going to be there for you, uh, it really gives a sense of peace and belonging when your life can be in chaos. But, you know, I never thought too much about where that dog spent its time while separated from its human. Well, Elisa and her husband, Sean, found themselves having to think about who would care for their dog, J.D., when they had dual military commitments. I commissioned into the Marine Corps in 2011. Um, My husband and I, we were married at the time, and he was in the Navy, and he had a dual service commitment uh, where he had to deploy. So as soon as I got into the military, I had to go away for six months of training in Virginia, where I was going to be living in the barracks and going to be in the the field doing marine things for six months. And I couldn't care for my dog. Uh, At the same time, um, my husband was deploying, so he couldn't care for our dog. She was doing marine things, and he was doing naval things. And Elisa and Sean were lucky because they had a distant relative who was willing to care for JD while they were both away fulfilling their commitments to the country. But it got them to thinking about the folks who didn't have someone to lean on or the financial resources 
to board a dog long term. What about the people that aren't financially capable? You know, what about the junior enlisted that cannot spend $2,000 a month to board their pet while they go overseas? And I started looking into the problem and it was actually a pretty significant problem to the point that there were a lot of animal shelters in military towns that I called and they were like, we don't even adopt to military families because the pets are relinquished all the time. So the couple started Dogs on Deployment to help chip away at this problem. We had no idea what we were doing, what we were starting. We couldn't see the end goal at first, but we just knew like there's a need out there and we should create something to try to fulfill that need. Elisa taught herself how to build a website. She learned how to form a nonprofit and she got people willing to board pets to sign up. You know, since 2011, when we started, we've had over 70,000 registered boarders that have been active at one point or another. So I'm really proud of that. I mean, our website crashed because there were so many people coming to it. And she built all this while going through her military training. In fact, while in flight school, she was criticized for splitting her focus, but she was dedicated to both causes, and so she shot back. I kept trying to like explain to these people that were supposed to be mentoring me that I am focused on those things, but I'm more than just a Marine. I'm more than just one thing, and I have the capacity to be able to do more with my life. Her goals in joining the military in the first place were to serve her country and to change people's lives for the better. And Dogs on Deployment served both of those same goals. So eventually, she dedicated herself full-time to the growing organization. So how does this work? What's at the core of this organization? I'm a military member, and I need help with my pet. And I'm just a person that wants to help military members, and I love animals. And we bring these two together. And that was basically the very first idea of how we were going to build the core of our organization. And it's been pretty successful since. Hey, so it's kind of like a dating app. (laughs) Well, yeah, sort of like that. Well, there are profiles you look at with information about the borders, and the military members can reach out to the ones that they think are the best fit for their dogs. Or cats. Oh, or cats. Yeah, I guess, huh? I think she even said turtles and birds and, you know, all kinds of animals. And the rewards for the borders are intangible. We're an organization that allows anybody, military background, not a military background, whoever, anybody can be intimately connected to helping an actual service member, an actual hero of this country. There are some people that question why a military member would get a dog in the first place knowing they could be separated from that dog. People always ask, like, well, if you're in the military, why do you have a dog? Just doesn't seem to be compatible. And that's not true at all. You just have to make the right arrangements to make it responsible. So thanks to Elisa Johnson and her organization, Dogs on Deployment, we can enjoy more of those happy reunion videos. And if you're interested in learning more about Dogs on Deployment, we'll have a link to their website in the show notes. We're going to take another quick break, pay some bills. We'll be right back. (coughs) Welcome back. They say an image is worth a thousand words, but in this case, an image is worth a thousand smiles. I'm talking about the hundreds of photogenic pooches that make up the popular Instagram account Swab Dogs. The page was created by one of the frontline workers at a drive-through COVID station in Melbourne, Australia. And it all started when she noticed how many dogs were riding in cars with their owners as they came through for a COVID swab. What started with a few cute photos of dogs has gone viral. And it not only brings joy to the workers, but plenty of people right around the world 
as countries and communities continue to battle through COVID outbreaks and lockdowns. Here's Kara with a story. It isn't the most glorious of jobs, but sticking swabs up people's noses and down their throats during a pandemic is arguably one of the most important. It does take a particular type of person to be able to do the job efficiently and without freaking people out. Tiffany White is one of those particular people. The pathologist and traffic controller works at drive-through COVID testing centres in Melbourne, where she and her colleagues swab hundreds of people every day. I'm in charge of staff on various days, anywhere up to five or six pathology staff, uh, anywhere up to 10 nurses. There's always a couple of doctors on site. Um, We have anywhere up to 15 traffic controllers on site, depending on where we are and how busy we are. Tiffany is also the person behind the Feel Good social media account, the Swab Dogs of Instagram. Now you're about to meet the most unlikely stars of the pandemic. They're the household hounds and family pooches made to wait in cars as their owners get COVID tests. And now they're social media celebrities. The page has gone viral since it started in January. Melbourne was in the grips of a COVID outbreak when Tiffany spotted a cute Border Collie puppy riding with its owner through the drive through station. But this puppy came through, 14-week-old uh, red and white Border Collie, and his eyes were still just starting to go dark, so they were still that greeny colour and just, you know, beautiful, beautiful. And everybody from the gate right through to the tent because, you know, you start with traffic staff, then you've got your nurses, then you've got your doctors, and then they get to us. Everybody held up the car to talk to this dog because it was just gorgeous. She asked if she could take a photo to remember the moment. And then the very next car had a Kelpie and a Kelpie cross in it. And this Kelpie was just like, because I'm a Kelpie girl, I love my working dogs. And um, I'm like, oh, can I take a picture? And they're like, yeah, sure. And so I just went, stuff it, let's make this page. The Swab Dogs of Instagram has exploded in popularity recently with thousands of people around the world loving what they're doing. I literally will walk up to a car and go, hi, my name's Tiffany, I've got an Insta page, can I take a photo of your dog? And they're all like, yes. And I'm like, okay, cool. So I then stand there and talk to the dog for the next five minutes and um, just have my camera going click, 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 intrinsically. It wants nothing other than for you to feel better. People are not used to that kindness anymore, I think, and particularly after the last 18 months. And who benefits? Well, there's the person getting the COVID test who is often nervous or feeling unwell or both. If you're anxious and I distract you talking about something that you love, you're automatically going to not focus on the thing that's distracting you. Then there's the rest of the world after media outlets picked up the story. I had a nurse that had worked COVID in in London. She got COVID last year, got better. She's had both of her vaccinations and she's now infectious with the Delta variant. And um, she's like, just seeing these dogs every day is making me feel so much better. Thank you for doing something to brighten our day. And that's, everybody has said the same thing. Thank you for doing this, it brightens our day. But the days it's brightening most is those of Tiffany and her fellow COVID swabbers, who, day in, day out, rain, hail or shine, don their personal protective equipment, put on their comfiest shoes and do their bit to stamp out a deadly pandemic. 
it's a reset. It really is. If we're been there for three hours and it's bang, 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 you know, we're seeing a patient every two minutes. There's cars everywhere. It's noisy. It's hot. It's cold. It's wet. It's windy. You know, all of those things that you don't get when you're working inside, that you, environment plays such a big role. So a dog comes in and it's the opportunity to get out of your chair and go and engage with something that doesn't want anything from you, that you don't have to do anything to. You just have to look at it and go, oh, my God, you're gorgeous. We like dogs. We want to share pictures of dogs and have other people look at it and smile. If that is beneficial for everybody in the world, then that's awesome. There are around 650 photos on the page, each with hundreds of likes from more than 15,000 followers. All shapes and sizes of dogs have been snapped, with most of the pooches posing with paws and head out the window, just happy to be along for the ride. It's not just dogs. Some cats and even a bird have made the cut. Tiffany says all pets are welcome. Well, most. Pretty much. Somebody messaged the other day and said, I I spent three hours in a queue at a testing centre and thought I should have brought the snake for a drive. It's like, cool, just don't bring it near me. Because snakes, I don't do. I don't do snakes. At the moment, the Swab Dogs of Insta account is for smiles only. But Tiffany has considered taking it to the next level. The Swab Dogs and I are very well aware that this is a very short window to create something positive going forward. If we were to monetize anything in any way, it would be with the purpose of encouraging good mental health, particularly in our young people, providing veterinary services for pets of the homeless or providing them with fostering opportunities during a lockdown so that they can actually go and have a week in a hotel and not worry that their pet has been put in a pound. So what's next for the swab dogs of Insta and those passionate health workers? I'd like to start Vax dogs. That'd be cool. Jab dogs, man. Jab dogs. That'd be great. Jab dogs at a drive through vaccination clinic. Now there's an incentive to get your COVID shot. That's definitely one of the silver linings of COVID. You can check out Swab Dogs of Insta's account on Instagram. That's Swab Dogs of Insta. There's a link in the show notes. I promise you won't be able to hold back a smile. Well, that's all that we have for today's show. I want to thank you for bringing Dog Edition along with you on your walk today. DPN has a sister show called The Long Leash. It's where you can hear Jim's extended conversations with some of our guests from this show. This week, you can check out my extended conversation with Elisa Johnson from Dogs on Deployment. That's on the long leash. There's a link in the show notes. And on the next episode of Dog Edition, the desert dog I couldn't desert. Dog Edition contributor Saskia Edwards brings us the story of Gobi, a scruffy, homeless little dog who earned her name after tailing ultramarathoner Dion Leonard on an extreme test of endurance in the Gobi Desert. You can listen to our entire back catalog of shows at dogedition.com. And there is a button on the bottom right of every page on that website where you can easily leave us a voicemail and share your story ideas with us. Who knows? We may work it into a future episode. Follow Dog Edition in whatever podcast app you use to listen and leave us a review. It'll help us to bring you more great stories. I'm Caroline Winter, your resident newshound. And I'm Pamela Lawrence. See you at the dog park. And I'm James Jacobson. I want to thank you for listening today. And on behalf of all of us here at Dog Podcast Network, 
we wish you and your dog a very warm aloha. Is artificial intelligence going to change veterinary medicine? Well, it already has. Right now, on Dog Cancer Answers, we're speaking with Dr. Kelly Deal of Morris Animal Foundation about how AI is impacting veterinary research and the practice of medicine itself. That's on Dog Cancer Answers. Get it wherever you get your podcasts or at dogcancer.com slash podcast.